Good morning, NEI Hoops Nation, and welcome to NHR the Podcast with your hosts, Junior and Trev. NHR the Podcast is your Saturday morning dive into what is happening around the NEI Hoops world. So grab your coffee. It is time to talk some NEI Hoops. Good morning, Trev, and welcome to episode 10 of the NHR the Podcast. Kind of crazy saying that we're on our 10th episode. I feel like we just started last week, mm-hmm. um, but uh, always always good uh, getting things going and uh, off to another big week. Yeah, another big slate of games. Um, I remember us last week talking about um, how the last Saturday was probably our biggest uh, slate of games that we've had numbers-wise and just the big week we had. And again, um, today we have a huge number of games to go over and, and watch and setting up for another big week. Yep, and that's just uh, every Saturday from here on out. You know, mm-hmm. we'll always Saturdays. Saturdays every year are, are really, really big. Um, but yeah, Saturdays, the Saturdays from here on out will be um, exceptionally big, just because of it seems like everybody's playing out. Um, but it makes for for I mentioned this in a column this week that uh, it actually makes for for a lot more games during the during the week as well this COVID season because you're you're finding teams that you know, aren't playing their normal conference schedule. You know, a lot of conferences will play Wednesday, Saturday, or, or Thursday, Friday, or, you know, some of them will even play Monday, Thursday um, in, in normal years. And now, you know, with all the makeup games and things like that, you're you're finding a, a healthy amount of games every day. And, it, and it's a lot of fun because – or a lot of fun from a fan standpoint because you actually get to watch a lot of games during the course of the week. And um, I'm, I'm sure scheduling-wise for – for coaches and, and ADs and even the SIDs, you know, around the around the country, and I'm sure it's a headache sometimes, and, and a lot of them will have three, four games in a week, and that'll be always rough as well. But, um, you know, for the most part, we're getting games in now, and we're, knock on wood, we're getting fewer ca- cancellations, it seems like, but, uh, you know, they still yeah. are seem to, to happen, just not as, as big as we had last semester. Yeah, and the one thing, I mean, you got to know that all these teams, they just want they want to play games too, so you get – um, and I've experienced this experienced this from the SID level. We get a game that gets postponed, canceled, whatever you want to call it. Those coaches, those ADs, the administration immediately are on who can we get in next? Who can we go play next? Because like I've mentioned in other shows that we've had, um, some of these conferences have like game thresholds you have to meet in order to qualify for the postseason, the conference tournament. So um, with a lot of games being postponed throughout the year, some teams starting in this second half of the season only, um, whatever it may be, these teams all are, have the same goals to get as many games played as possible so that they can set themselves up um, not only to get their players experience and playing time and all that stuff, but just to put themselves in a position to make a run at a whether it's a conference championship or to qualify for the postseason or things like that. So um, we're still going to see a lot of games get postponed, canceled uh, the rest of the way. But the one thing I've really enjoyed is how hard these teams, coaches, administrations have worked to, to get games replaced play on demand we we've uh we talked about it from a player standpoint you know uh, a few episodes back um just the importance of, of you know from a player standpoint just getting ready to play on demand and when your number's called in a game you know you have to be able to you know whether you're used to playing five minutes a game or 15 minutes a game or whatever it is that you have to be able to be ready to play and that kind of goes from from everybody's standpoint now um you know you, you may you may have a opponent that you're getting ready for and 
the game gets postponed two days before it, and then all of a sudden you have a new opponent in two days. So you're you're you know at practice time, you're getting your scouting reports ready. You're getting you know walking through your you know the opponent's plays and actions and things like that. So you just have to be ready to play. And I don't know, it, it, you know, I don't think that the quality of basketball has been been that awful. So I know a couple people early said that the the games were seemed like they were really really down and. Um, you know, it's, uh, for 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 a small standpoint, you may you may agree with that, but uh, you know the games are starting to get back to to back to where you know we expect the level of NEI basketball to be, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and when it comes to quality of basketball, I think that just plays you know hand in hand with we're in the pandemic and things haven't been normal. These kids um, haven't experienced playing basketball at you know with this experience and these obstacles at all in their entire life, so. I mean, just having to go weeks without playing a game, having to be in quarantine, having to be tested daily, weekly, whatever it is. I mean, you just shows the credit, you know, you got to give credit to the coaches and players for for fighting through this and for, you know, all these schools for making sure we have a season. So um, it's kind of like everybody's on the same playing field. Yeah, maybe the level might be down just a smidge, but everyone, again, is on the same playing field. They're all dealing with these challenges. So it still makes it for, you know, a normal season when it comes down to it. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, just to to kind of recap some of the, the this week's news, you know, leading up, and uh, we we just talked about rescheduling and stuff. We do have a a couple teams, you know, everybody has to do what's best for them, and uh, you know, a couple teams out in the Red River have decided to to shut down um, their programs for the rest of the year, which is in their right to do. And um, you know, the rest of the league, it looks like they're moving forward. I know that even a team like Southwest, um, you know, they they ended up getting smoked last night, but uh, uh, they played the first game of the the, the season last night. Um, they actually had to move from New Mexico to Texas. They're they're playing game or they're not they're they're practicing in Van, uh, Texas, but they're playing all road games this year, um, and they're just trying to get games in, um, a conference game. So they, they New Mexico won't let them play. Uh, so so they actually moved their team to Van, Texas. So just a unique situation there, um, and then. You know, we, we have some other news this week. You know, the top 25 came out. Indiana Wesleyan still number one. They split split votes 10 to 10, uh, first place votes with LSU Shreveport. So, um, you know, no, no new number one this week. We kind of expected that as well. Um, and then um, just talking about the, the uh, national tournament. National tournament's uh, going to go from 64 teams down to 48. Um, you know, we're going to have three-team regionals now where the that you'll see them two and three will play each other. Um, and then the number one seed in each, uh, in all six uh, regions will get a bye. And then they'll play the winner of the two, three that for their chance to go to Kansas city. Yeah. That's um, it's exciting to finally get some news on that and have a plan. And, and now that these teams and coaches know what to expect down the road, I mean, their preparation probably comes a little bit different games mean more. Um, and it just stresses the fact that, you know, they need to get these games in and they want to get these games in um, for some of the teams who might, you know, at this point, you kind of know who maybe some at-larges are, who's the favorite to win their conference. And they're kind of preparing for a chance to play in the tournament. And then you got these teams who may be on the bubble. Um, like like I said, they, they got to get these games and these opportunities to come in. Uh, can't just coast. You got to you got to go out and prove yourself, especially when it's going down to 48 teams. No doubt. No doubt on that. And. You know, you, you talked about just uh, being able to, uh, you know, get games in and, and things like that, and, and the unique uniqueness of scheduling. Um, you know, we're we're about to talk to uh, Alfred Williams, head coach at uh, Xavier, and they're coming off. We talked about it a little bit last week, but you know, they're they're coming off of a, a unique situation with their conference play. 
where their uh, Talladega hosted uh, the group play, um, which is kind of like a pod uh, where everybody in the league met for uh, at Talladega and they played 12 games and in, in uh, 12 conference games and in, in a four day period, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week, um, Xavier Talladega and Dillard all uh, made it through the week on or with uh, undefeated. Um, so just kind of a, kind of a unique situation. I mean, it, it, you know, they're just trying to get their conference games in. They felt like it was best just to do it in a uh, one week period. And then what they'll do is they'll actually, Xavier will host um, the, and they're going to come on uh, February 1st, 2nd and 3rd. They'll host uh, the next group stage. And um, that's just their way of getting their, making sure they get their conference games in. Yeah. And I think it's a unique and creative and smart way to do it. Whatever it takes really is kind of the, the mantra of this season. Um, and I, like I said, I think it was last episode when we talked about this, um, I wouldn't be surprised if other conferences do not do something similar to that, but with their conference tournaments, they're going to alter that somehow, whether it be pods or a bubble or, you know, one location over a couple of days, whatever it may be. I think that was just kind of, um, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak with what's to come. And I, and, you know, just being around like the KCAC and stuff, I think there's been some chatter about how that's going to work and other conferences as well. So looking forward to seeing what, what teams and conferences come up with. And I think we're going to see some other unique uh, ways to get games in and get through this season. Definitely going to be an interesting one for sure. That brings us to our coaching interview for the week. Uh, we are here with Alfred Williams of Xavier. Um, he's got a really, really good squad down there in Louisiana. Um, they're sitting at six and one right now. Um, they're actually coming off their first uh, uh, GCAC Conference Tournament Championship uh, last year since 1996. Um, I thought they were primed and ready to uh, do some damage down in Kansas City last year. Mm-hmm. Um, another good squad this year, mostly almost everybody back. Uh, we actually talked quite a bit about Rashawn Mart, one of our favorite, favorite players in the country. Um, I'm sure Coach will talk about him as well. But, uh, uh, Coach, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, thank you guys for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Coach, uh, I know just talking a little bit about last week uh, or this this past week here. Um, can you talk about just uh, you guys are six to one right now, but you guys played uh, your your conference scheduling is a little bit different this year. You're not uh, traveling as far. You guys are doing some group stage stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this past week was in uh, was that hosted at Talladega. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just talk about having three games in, yes. in a week and, yes. and how uh, you're enjoying the the structure of the conference schedule? Well, you know, our conference got together and, you know, just wanted to make the best experience for the student athletes and uh, just making sure that everyone was safe throughout the process. You know, we originally had a 12 game conference schedule and it was just a lot of different variables that went into place and making sure that everyone, you know, remained safe. So throughout the course of uh, this whole thing coming together, you know, our volleyball team, they, you know, they actually do group settings um, throughout the year. So I guess that sparked the idea of why don't we do a basketball group setting? And so, um, you know, it went from uh, multiple group settings to, um, you know, some playing four games in a row, four days in a row. And then it, and then it finally came down to it being two uh, group settings. You know, one in Talladega, like you mentioned, and one in New Orleans also in, in the month of February. So uh, we had the, you know, it, it, it was a good experience. You know, our conference did an amazing job of making sure that the protocols and procedures were in place. 
to make sure that, you know, everyone remains safe. And, you know, the people who came into the bubble, they were tested prior to coming. And then in, in Talladega, they did an additional testing once you got there. So, um, you know, it, it was from a safety standpoint, man, it was it was amazing that what our conference put together. Um, and I was just happy to be able to get back into the action and playing because, you know, we had been off since a uh, week before Thanksgiving. So we were happy to get back into the groove of playing. And, um, you know, it was a good experience so far. Coach, like we mentioned, uh, six and one, your lone loss came at number 16, Loyola, back on November mm-hmm. 7th. Um, uh-huh. And then, you know, just be just if you look at your schedule, your next game isn't until two months later on January 6th. So, you, you know, you guys went that two month stretch without having to play a game. Um, you kind of have a sour taste in your mouth coming off your lone loss of the season. What was it like, yeah. uh, you know, just with the with your team, with your coaching staff, kind of, you know, staying motivated and, and kind of getting through those two months, getting ready to get back into things after Christmas? Well, it was hard, you know, because I felt like at that Loyola loss, we had about a week to prepare. And we were, I felt like, you know, we have a lot of new guys. And I felt like our team was just getting ready to gel as far as what we needed them to do. And so um, being able to, you know, do a William Carey game and then end up losing the second game against Loyola, I thought that we were we were going to definitely – be right where we need to be as far as with the personnel and uh, getting guys to buy into what we were trying to do. So uh, once we took that break, you know, it kind of kind of killed the momentum a little bit. We, you know, we ended up losing a couple of kids, um, you know, with some various reasons. And so it allowed, you know, our new guys, freshmen and our transfers to kind of step into a role, a more, a more uh, potent role in our, in our team. So, it was a, a addition by subtraction, so mm-hmm. to speak. But um, you know, uh, but it was rough on, on our guys because you know, like Rashawn, Rashawn was twenty eight points a game at that time. You know, he was in a good rhythm, good uh, good groove, and you know, being able to stop and try to recalibrate that. You know, uh, two months later, you know, it's, it's difficult, man. But our team is. Uh, we talk about just mental toughness all the time. You know, this is part of just being tough, you know, being mentally focused, uh, locking in on what you need to do. And, um, you know, I, I, I commend my guys. You know, we were able to stay in uh, some kind of shape over the eight weeks. And uh, once we came back, you know, we had a little rest in the beginning, but being able to go on the road with a, basically a new group, you know, really a new season mm-hmm. and be able to get three – was was uh, I was very proud of our team. This how you know the ability to compete for forty minutes, um, battle through adversity, and still come out victorious. So I was really really proud of our guys. Yeah, and coach, you you mentioned uh, Rayshon, and, and and he's no no uh, stranger to us. Uh, I think he's been mentioned three or four times in our players to watch the segment. Um, can you just kind of? I mean. The, one of the things I I don't I'm telling I'm preaching to the choir here I know <laughs> you love Rayshon and heck I can I don't have to tell you this but uh, just for people out there that may not have seen his game and, and things like that I, he's just one of the best pure scores I think in the country I mean I, you, you guys only average 77 points per game and, and you know right now he's averaging 22 mm-hmm. uh, points per game and, and just a big chunk of your guys' scoring yeah. um, you know average, averaging 22 points per game on a team that you know scores 90 points per game is a little t- totally different than a than a guy that scores 22 on a guy on a team that scores 77 
Um, can you just talk about Rashawn a little bit and, and kind of what he means to you guys and how he's progressed over the, the years? Oh, you man. You know, he's he's definitely one of those guys that, you know, very underrated in the nation that a lot of people aren't talking about. You know, he's um, you know, freshman of the year, uh, first year here in the conference, and then um, was has always been an elite defender. You know, he's been one of the top defenders, if not you know, defender, uh, defensive player of the year you know, candidate multiple years, man, never received it, but he's always been, you know, a lockdown defender, you know, willing and able to take on the challenges of guarding the team's best player. Um, you know, his, his motor, he's, he's relentless at attacking, you know, in transition in in the half court, you know? And so over the years, you know, his sophomore year, he was honorable mention All-American. Uh, last year, he was honorable mention All-American. He's, he's, prime now to get should be at least a second team all-american if not first um just because of what he means to our team you know level of toughness grit um competitiveness um and his ability just to will will out will us to victory man i mean you know his his his, his jump shot has improved as far as that was one of the, the things coming in on him with uh you know from freshman year and he's constantly just worked on his game you know, and, you know, a lot of guys get comfortable and, you know, I, I did this and did that. He's still hungry for more. And so he's been unbelievable for us, man, just in the bubble. You know, we went in the overtime game, man, and he scored 13 points in the overtime game to kind of separate us, to help us win the game, man. And so he's one of those guys, man, you know, if you got him on your team and you can't count him out, you can't count us out because he just wills his way to, you know, getting a basket, getting a big defensive stop, a big steal, a big block, whatever the game calls for, he's able to deliver. And uh, it's been an absolute joy to be able to coach a young man like that because, you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, slap on him on his talents because, you know, he, he, he went from a 5'10 point guard to a 6'3 wing in one year. And then going into his senior year, everybody was flirting with him, but, he was. He said that he wanted to come to Xavier, man, and that's been one of the best things, um, you know, for our from my from our program so far, and also for him, you know, being able to be have all the accolades that he's received, man, and he he's still going, man. He's nowhere close to you know being a finished product for sure, but he's still definitely growing and competing, and I love that about him. Yeah, he he is one of my favorite players to watch in the country. I just. I... It, you summed it up. I mean, you, you you've watched him uh, front mm-hmm. and center, um, you know, so you, you you definitely definitely have a better view on him. But uh, I just love his competitiveness and, and his willing to score and, and and like you said, I mean, he just seems to always mm-hmm. come up big um, in every game. Um, and then thirteen points in an overtime game by himself, you know, some teams don't even score <laughs> thirteen points in an overtime absolutely. game. So. Absolutely, <laughs> and it's crazy too, right? That a lot of people so, don't yeah. talk more about him, you know, and. You know, we've been he's been doing this for four years now. And, you know, it's just weird that no one really they don't mention him like they should. You know, they talk about the best guards in the in the country. You know, he's definitely he's one of the better he's one of the best two guard, two way guards in the country. I haven't seen too many that, that take on the 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 opportunity to guard the best player and also go on the other end and give him some buckets. So I think, you know, definitely conversations need to be had about him. And uh, like I said, man, he, he's definitely not finished because he's he's definitely getting better every day. Yeah, we've we've tried to strike up those conversations. We, we're a big fan for sure. I, I hope, uh, you know, I, I maybe you don't know this answer or not uh, already, but I hope we get another year with him with the 
eligibility rules, but I understand he'll, he may probably have some pro options and stuff too, if he wants to go uh, pursue those as well. But uh, um, definitely a kid that, uh, you know, whether this is his final month and a half of, uh, of uh, basketball or two months of basketball or, you know, at the NEI level, or if he has a full another year, um, you know, he, he's just a kid that, that people need to watch because he is definitely underrated and definitely worth the, worth being uh, uh, raised and watched, watched more because he's so good. He is mm-hmm. very, very good player. Um, coach, I, I got to ask you because uh, the, the new, the new rankings mm-hmm. came out this week. Um, you know, we, we still have you ranked in our top 25 poll. I, I think you guys are, are very, very worthy mm-hmm. of the top 25. Um, you didn't lose since the last rankings came out. But uh, the the official coaches poll um, had you guys on the outside looking in. Um, can you guys just talk about kind of how you guys feel and how you're using that as motivation and, and things moving forward? Um, so we ended up finding out about the top 25 uh, going into our last group setting, uh, going into play for Landers Smith. And, you know, I was kind of upset about it because, you know, we like I said, we didn't lose a game uh, prior to the last polls. And um, we had played one game that kind of, I guess, went against the rec, went to the towards the books, and you know we ended up winning by like forty. And so, you know, I was out of the top twenty-five. You know, I was kind of surprised, to be honest. But you know, I, I always tell our guys, man, you, we got to control. We can control. You know, is 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 one of those things, man, that's subjective. And, uh, you know, I saw some groups, some teams in there that, that lost three games in conference play and within the, the first uh, rankings of the new year. So and they stayed in the top 25. And, you know, it's just we say we heard a group that, you know, they played their six losses, but they a coach, they played five Division one teams. I mean, I understand that, you know, but, you know, when we did that, we didn't get any kind of. We didn't get any kind of uh, uh, leeway that we lost some games, you know, to Division Ones or D two. So you know, I, you know, it's yeah. one of them things, man, where we just try to control. We can control until our guys are focus on us. You know, that's one thing that I always tell our guys, and for me myself, just focus on us. Continue to get better, man. And when it's time to play those, you know, ranked teams and guys who, you know, questioning how good we are, we should be ready to show up. You know, so, but it was it was definitely a motivational factor for us, man. Because I, I don't feel like we should be out of the top twenty-five, but uh, we just got to keep working, keep working, and keep grinding. And um, you know, things are gonna take care of itself at the end, for sure. And you, you guys are gonna have a, a great opportunity. Um, you, you guys actually get a host uh, the the next mm-hmm. group stage uh, for the GCAC. Um, you guys, Dillard and 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 Dega all um, escaped the mm-hmm. first pod uh, mm-hmm. undefeated. And you get to face them in the next pod, so it's kind of one of those situations where um, you guys, number one, I mean, you guys have maybe the best arena in the NEI. But, uh, Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but number two, number number two, you guys get to host the, that tournament, or that not the tournament, but the, uh, mm-hmm. the group stage um, heading into the next one, and, and you guys get to pay, face, uh, you know, a Talladega team that, that's in the ranking still, and then a yeah. Dillard team um, that's, I believe, still receiving votes. So, um, can you kind of just talk about uh, going into the next uh, group stage and? What you're kind of uh, how you guys are preparing for that, and then uh, kind of preparing for the the conference. Well, I, well. For, first, I tell you this, man. I think our league gets overlooked because um, you know, even though you know we play, you know, Philander Smith, Russ, and uh, Tugalo, man, all three of those games were tough games. 
you know, uh, Philander and Russ were tough, tough games. You know, Russ, even despite their record, man, that's not the same Russ team. You know, they got some really, really good players on their team, coached by Coach Newton. Um, and those guys, you know, I, I think our league gets slept on a lot, you know, and also Philander, man, who just a gritty group, man, that just come at you for 40 minutes, you know, and, um, you know, so that first group setting was definitely tough for us. You know, we was able to escape out of it, but um, to answer your question about the group setting too, um, it's going to be a definitely going to be a challenge. You know, we, these uh, three team, these three games, you know, top half of the conference. And so um, being able to, um, you know, come in with the right mindset, you know, the one thing that, a lot of people got an opportunity to see was we got to size everybody up. You know, everybody got a chance to size everybody up to see what they're good at and strengths and some weaknesses. And so um, just got to be ready to play, man. You know, uh, Bill is going to, you know, uh, uh, even though, you know, conference game, but it's also in the uh, in inner city rivalry. And so those games are always tough. You know, he, he brings back a lot of uh, scoring and guys who are, you know, who, who didn't play last year or turning. And uh, also some new guys, man. So they bring they they present a different element. And then uh, over there with Coach Newell and then Coach uh, Wright at Talladega, man, he does a, a good job with his guys, man. They compete. Uh, he gets them to play hard every night, you know. And they, they you know, they're gonna bring their best shot to us, man. You know, we understand that, you know, being the uh, defending champs, man, we're gonna get everybody's best shot. So. You know, for us, again, we just try to make sure we take care of our business, um, make sure that we prepare, make sure we continue to put the work in, man. And when it's time to play, let's lace up and go. I'm looking forward to uh, the February group stage. I think, uh, you know, we, we get a battle of of uh, Daryl Baker, uh, Malik Amos, and, and mm-hmm. uh, Rashawn Mark, um, all, all three guys that uh, they'll be playing each other. Um, all three will be making their stand for mm-hmm. Conference Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be gonna be some fireworks. I, I'm I'm really really looking forward to the the GCAC uh, second round of the yeah. uh, the group stage. Um, Coach, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I, we we wish you guys the best of luck. I, I, we we're big fans. I'm I'm letting you know that that right now. I know that uh, I know that uh, it's easy to feel um, under underrated and and things like that down there. I, I agree with you. Um, I I don't think you guys get talked about nearly mm-hmm. enough as well. Um, we're trying to do our part. We, we love you guys. We love Rayshon. We love watching you guys play. I think you're one of the better defensive teams in the league is, or in the, in the country as well. Um, and, and looking forward to hopefully getting you guys to Kansas City and, and, and letting you guys showcase yourself. Absolutely, on man. Well. We, we appreciate it. You know, we, we just, you know, four years now, we just been building a brand of, of, of basketball, man, of guys who want to compete, play hard, man. And, uh, you know, we just we just love building, getting our guys better, man, every day. And then, you know, when it's time to play, like we said, just show up. And lace up and let's go. So, uh, but we appreciate, man, what you guys do. You know, we follow you guys on uh, on um, Twitter and things like that, man. So we appreciate the 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 you know just putting our program in a, in a spotlight, man, and just continue doing what you're doing. That was Coach Alfred Williams from Xavier. Um, just a great interview there. I really appreciate Coach coming on, uh, getting a different uh, perspective on on the. On GCAC action, um, just the, the, with their unique scheduling. Um, if, if you guys have not, I, I can't encourage you enough. Uh, we, we've tried, but if you have not seen this team play, you definitely need to see them play. Um, definitely should be back in the top 25. I, I, it was one of the shockers of the week that they fell out. Uh, but if you have not seen them play, make sure you see that. Make sure you watch them. Make sure you watch Rashawn Mart. 
Um, I, I agree with Coach. He's definitely a top two uh, team All-American, um, one of the best players in the country, one of the best scorers in the country, um, and just definitely worth watching play. Um, for us, moving on to the Looking game. Looking at week, Wednesday, week, we got January 20th, uh, up in the G-Pack, um, Dakota Wesleyan hosts Jamestown, and that game's interesting for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, Dakota Wesleyan had a 13-game winning streak and have now lost two in a row, um, dropping games to Midland and Northwestern, which have, which has kind of opened up the top of that conference. Um, and then, of course, Jamestown, we don't know what we're going to get with them. We've seen you know flashes of brilliance from them. We've had a couple question mark games from them. So um, they have not played this year. It'll be the first of two games between the two. Um, this one will be in Jamestown, and then they end the season. Um, the last game of the regular season is at Dakota Wesleyan. Um, but Dakota Wesleyan is currently a half game out of first behind Morningside at 9-2. and two. They obviously were undefeated before dropping those two games. And then um, uh, Jamestown's right there, right in the middle of the group at 8-4 and four in the conference. A loss for them um, could drop them down a couple spots, and a win for them could move them up a couple spots, depending on other results. So um, I know they got some games today. Um, but they meet on Wednesday, and that 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 game I think will shape up shape out uh, what's going to happen the rest of the way. So looking forward to that one. How about you? Yeah, looking forward to that one as well. Um, I'm actually not going to go very far today. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in uh, with number 16 Martin Methodist uh, taking a trip to Georgetown. Number 17 Georgetown today. Um, that is a 2 p.m. Eastern time game, I believe. Um, just a you know, Martin Method has kind of kind of came from nowhere this year. Um, they they new new to the mid south. Um, they were picked to finish. I think I think second to last in the league uh, preseason. Um, they're currently uh, they're currently ten and one overall, six and one in the mid south. Um, they are number sixteen overall. Um, Georgetown, I, uh, they're number seventeen. They're seven and three overall, four and three in the mid south. Um, Georgetown's got got talent. They're really really young, um, but they, but they got the talent. They got you know, arguably one of the best coaches in uh, NEI and Coach Briggs. Um, so can't ever count them out. I know we dropped them out of the the uh, top 25 poll in our poll. We weren't real sure what to do with them um, coming off a 40-point loss. Uh, but they, they're they definitely worth a, a top 25 ranking, um, and they definitely have the talent, um, especially um, just, just two youngsters that are, that are playing really, really well. I think Kyron Jones – uh, will definitely probably be an All-American, um, and, and he's looked every bit of it. He's kind of a double-double machine. Um, just so looking forward to see how Georgetown bounces back off that off that big loss, um, and then just uh, seeing Martin Methodist. I mean, they're like, again they're new to the league. Um, they, they've had a great start to the year. Uh, teams are starting to get uh, a little bit of a scout report on them, and we'll see. Um, you know what uh, Coach Briggs has in store for him, uh, or has in store for Martin Methodist today. Um, Georgetown is always a tough place to play, so um, definitely looking forward to that game today. That'll be, like I said, uh, it, it, we have a whole week of games to uh, choose from, and I'm going to go with one right right out of the gates today. Um, I think that'll yeah, be a, be a very, very good Saturday game out yet again. South. So many games. We like to do our our um, recaps of games of the week, um, and that's kind of part of my shout out. Is I'm going to go back to Warner. Um, I I prefaced their week where they had two big games against Ave Maria and Southeastern. Um, who are both two tough teams. Um, obviously, Southeastern was picked to win the Sun Conference. But, um, yeah, Warner um, started off the week at Ave Maria, um, fended off a huge, like a, a late comeback from Ave Maria, and 
and had I think it was five different players in um, double figure three, and then later that week they ended up returning home. Was was down at halftime to Southeastern, um, ended up winning by six, and again had three players in double figures, another player with nine points. But what was interesting about their results this week was um, they had someone new each game step up. Um, you look at their game versus Southeastern. Uh, Rod Bagen had 21 points. He didn't even play the game against Ave Maria. Um, and you just, and I thought that was really interesting. So they got a good team going down there. They're in sole possession of first place. So they are my, my shout out, my, my team of the week, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, uh, for those that, uh, keep up with us, they know that we had, uh, Rod Bogan, uh, as our, one of our five players to watch in that Southeastern game. And he did not disappoint in that one. So, um, definitely, <laughs> I always like when we get things right, so definitely want to do a sh- shameless plug there. <laughs> but, but uh, no, my uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, to Grace um, out in Indiana. I think uh, uh, we definitely could have given them that this last last week as well. But uh, a team that's uh, you know they've won five in a row uh, right now. Um, they they knocked off in, in that five game stretch. Uh, they knocked off number one Indiana Wesleyan. Uh, they knocked off uh, a top twenty five St. Francis team. Um, and, and all those games, uh, so, so Indiana wasn't was four, uh, St. Francis, they won by one, uh, then they turned around and played Goshen, uh, earlier this week, uh, and that game actually, they won by 12, but they, they went to overtime in that game. Um, so just playing, just playing a lot of close games they're grinding it out right now. And they definitely have a young group, um, that are scattered around in, the, in within that lineup. Um, just, uh, they got another tough one today against, uh, against Huntington, or just to see what they had coming off the, the big wins and, and, and now another tough road game. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to Grace uh, for all the grinding out that they've been doing and, and uh, you know, two top 25 wins. It's, it's pretty impressive what they've done here over the last five games. So looking forward uh, to next week uh, or all this week's action. Um, um, interesting to see kind of, uh, you know, where, where teams go. A lot can happen in a week. We saw that last week. Um, a couple of losses can definitely change the landscape of a conference. Uh, we're starting to get, to the point in most leagues that we're, you know, where we're, uh, we're starting to get a, a, a plan or a kind of a vision of what the conference is looking like. Uh, we have a couple other leagues that are, you know, just getting started, but uh, definitely a lot of leagues are starting to take shape and we're interested to see kind of uh, how this next week goes and, and, and where, uh, you know, who's winning leagues and who's in striking distance over the next week and uh, prepared to, uh, make a big run for la- for the remaining uh, last month before we start hitting conference tournaments. Finishing this off, though, um, it was another uh, great inter- or great uh, interview with uh, Coach Alfred Williams. Um, appreciate him coming on. Uh, definitely want to see how they do uh, in this next group stage. As always, make sure you're following us on Twitter at NEI Hoops Report. Uh, you can visit the website at neihoopsreport.com. Uh, the Daily Dive uh, provides a daily dose of, of information and, and uh, news and notes. Um, so if you haven't uh, seen that yet, uh, make sure you do. It's actually uh, an art, a very popular article uh, here as of late. Uh, we're, we're definitely we're getting about uh, 200 views per, per day on that article. So um, if you haven't seen it, it's worth, worth reading. Um, it's not very long, but uh, um, definitely gives a quick dive into, into what's happening around the NEI world. Other than that, it was, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, this is Junior and Trev, NHR, the podcast, signing off.